Hello Sweat, I'm Jack Grady and this is the Sweatcast, the weekly podcast that provides industry knowledge about the latest trends in the world of sport and fitness. Okay, welcome back to another week of the Sweatcast. I'm your host, Jack Brady, and today we, our special guest is the co-founder of Early Risers Movement, Skylar Deem. So, Skylar, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got here and why you started Early Risers Movement? Absolutely. How's it going, everyone? Um, so, my name's Skylar, and I guess this entire journey would start when I was very young. Um, my father was always into working out and nutrition and the entire aspect of just living a healthy life. So I was always kind of surrounded by that. Um, Once I hit high school, that's when I really started to get into working out and having a solid diet. And what I found my sophomore year of high school was that I wanted extra time after school. I didn't want to have to go to the gym. And so me and a buddy made the commitment to go to the school gym before school started. So that went on for a couple months and you know for the most part we were pretty inconsistent. We didn't really have that energy in the morning, but we still got it done because because we had that accountability. Um and over time that kind of faded away and the next time I picked that up was my senior year of college when me and my roommate decided that we were again going to go to the gym in the morning so we could go to our classes during the day and then at night have time to live the rest of our college life and have some fun. Um and, you know, that was that was good because we lived in the same house. So, again, we had that accountability. But I always found myself super tired. I remember driving to the gym with my roommate at that time and uh, just being so annoyed by the sound of his voice because I was just so tired. And, you know, once I graduated, I lost that accountability and I went back to sleeping in, sleeping in until like 10 or 11. Didn't have or didn't start my full-time job yet. So didn't really have any motivation to do anything until later in the day. And once I got that full-time job, the habits from that summer kind of carried over. And so I was going and having a hard time waking up in the morning and going to work. And then after, I would go to the gym. And so there wasn't a certain point where I kind of realized all that had to change. But I kind of wanted to have that time after work to relax because I was always tired. So what I did was I started waking up early again. And this time, I didn't have any accountability. It was just on my own. So... I started struggling, um, found myself always hitting snooze, always just kind of pushing it off and going in after work. And then what happened was at one point I just decided I need to make a change. So me and the same college roommate from uh, my senior year of college, we got together and we were just discussing ways that we could kind of fix that problem. And what ended up happening was we started Early Risers which at the time was just a blog and a newsletter. And our purpose behind it was to just motivate people to go to the gym in the morning. So we were relying on that overall motivation. And, you know, I was a lot, I was very interested in the subject. So I started diving more into it through podcasts and books and all these other things. And I found just this entire world of information on, you know, waking up early, having that energy in the morning, not hitting snooze, having a morning routine that benefits you that you can do every day. And I I mean, I'd say that was the start of early risers. Okay, great. So I feel like you've come pretty far in a short amount of time. And uh, I'm I'm just kind of curious. Before this, I made sure that I I woke up early, I worked out and I showered before you got here. I figured it'd be in the spirit of this podcast. But out of curiosity, what time do you wake up every single morning? So I stay at a consistent 5.30 every morning. Um, So I did end up leaving my full-time job, which is why I have that ability. While I was working, I still wanted to be building early risers on the side and still working out. So I was waking up around 4.30, 
But I find that waking up 5.30 every day consistently is, it really gives me the ability to just have that time to myself every morning. Yeah, so I think one of the main struggles with people is that they'll wake up early for a week or, or two weeks even, or and then like something in their schedule will throw them for a loop. Now all of a sudden they're not waking up as early anymore and then it just all goes to, to crap. And basically, you know, they were able to wake up early for two weeks and, and maybe get some stuff done in the morning, but they weren't able to keep it as a habit and, and really integrate it in part of their daily lives. So going off of that, what are some strategies to help people maintain waking up early as a part of their daily life and, and getting, you know, whether it be their workout or eating a nice breakfast or just getting some more work done or working on side projects, how do we get people to wake up early consistently? Right. So I, I think there's a lot that goes into this question. Um, everyone's different again, so there's no one solution. But I find that making waking up early a habit, it really just you want to create that momentum first before it's actually turned into a habit. So what I found is that by doing a lot of these cool tips and tricks to kind of force yourself to get out of bed and keep that motivation, whether that be setting goals, whether that be setting your alarm across the room so you have to get out of bed, just all these little things that you can be doing to create that momentum to keep it going. And that really overall, if you stick to it, is going to create to a long-term habit. Yeah, I know. I mean, I would say just recently within the last two months, I personally have started waking up a lot earlier than normal. I usually would wake up relatively late, basically last second, hop out of bed, get dressed and and get out of the door. And and now I've started to wake up early and sort of take control of my mornings a little bit more. I got a little bit more improvement to go. But what are some of the benefits of waking up early? Like why should people do it in the first place? I mean, again, there are so many answers to this question. Um, My my favorite, just because I'm considering, like I love personal development is you just have time to yourself. You know, most people who find that they have this full-time job or something that they have to get up to in the morning. They hit snooze a ton of times. They roll out of bed and their first priority is rushing to go do something for someone else. Whereas if you take the time every morning to really just learn to love your mornings and find this alone time and create this routine that benefits you, you really just start your days off on a better note. And then, of course, you have the people who say that you could do the same thing at night and you could do all these other things at night. But another part that I really like is the health aspect, which is regulating your circadian rhythm. And that whole aspect is basically optimizing the hormones that your body secrete and having that benefit you in a healthier way to have more energy, to sleep better, to feel better, all these amazing other benefits. So if I'm someone who wants to get started, right, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying the, you know, I've tried a couple times and it, it hasn't really worked out. Uh, I've done a couple of those, you know, I, I wake up early for a week or two and then I stopped, you know, on and off. What's the first baby step? Like if I was going to go to literally square one, what's the first thing that I should do to sort of get that momentum going as you were talking about? First first step I'd say is just going to bed earlier. You know, this is a, uh, a thing that's pretty obvious, but it's surprising how many people don't realize that if you want to wake up early, you've got to go to bed earlier. You still need that high quality sleep. Um, sleep is a time for our body to rest and repair itself. And again, you know, if lack of sleep is going to bring all these other unwanted health benefit or health, I guess, detrimental things. And when it comes down to it, just going to bed earlier and getting more sleep, you're going to feel more rested and be more motivated to wake up in the morning. 
Yeah, and, and I, I think it's funny because I'm totally a, uh, you know, I, I'm a person who goes to sleep late. And I, I usually, I find myself, you know, somewhere between midnight and 2 a.m., and I'm like, what am I, you know, what am I doing? And obviously, I'm a bit of a night owl. I like to get a lot of work done later in the day. But I think part of the problem with me and, and why I'm a little bit restless right before I fall asleep is I'm on my phone or I'm on my computer and, um, you know, I'm just near screens all the time. So what do you think the impact of that is and, and how does someone stop doing that? Because it really is addicting to just go on Instagram or Facebook or, or really whatever right before you go to sleep. Absolutely. Um, so phone addiction and just addiction to watching Netflix and having these screens in front of us all day is a big problem in today's society. Um, and it's actually messing with our circadian rhythm, which again, it's that hormone secretion. So if you're looking at a phone late at night and you're looking at it right up until you go to bed, your body thinks that it's still daytime. And you know you may be able to fall asleep quickly after you put your phone down, but the actual quality of your sleep is gonna be ruined basically um so a tactic that i like a lot is you know people set alarms to wake up in the morning but a good way to kind of remember to it's time to wind down time to get rid of your phone time to do other things that don't involve looking at a screen is to set a nighttime alarm so say you want to go to bed at 10 o'clock the ideal time without your phone is 90 minutes now 90 minutes without your phone most people today would lose their minds. So it's good to start in baby steps. Um, if you just do 15 minutes day one, you know, week one, week two, move that back to 30 minutes, set that alarm for 30 minutes before you want to go to bed. And then in that time, fill it with other things, fill it with your hygiene routine, fill it with talking to someone you live with, fill it with reading, just fill it with something that doesn't involve looking at a phone screen. Yeah. I, and that's another thing. I mean, thankfully I'm not a big Netflix guy. I don't watch a lot of TV shows. But I imagine, especially since it's just so cold out now, that it is just—it's just so easily accessible for people to just be like, all right, you know, I'll watch Netflix before I go to sleep, and uh, you know, crush out a couple episodes. But I've definitely noticed um, it affect my sleep before. I, you know, there are plenty of times where I'm just like, you know, right after I put my phone away, and I'm just like, oh, like I can't fall asleep, and then I'll just grab my phone again and, and try and kill more time. But realistically, all I'm doing is. Really, the same thing. It's just yeah. delaying what I've, the inevitable. Um, and then I wake up in the morning and I need three cups of coffee before I can talk to someone. Um, Absolutely. So I, I think it's really important to try and limit some of the the screen time you have. And I've actually I've gone one step further. I, the, right now, I'm actually wearing blue light glasses. So when I, I find myself on behind a screen all day, whether it be my phone or my laptop, I'm always near a screen. And I figured I know. That I personally, it's me limiting that is is not going to happen overnight. So I figure taking you know baby steps or or things that I could easily integrate into my uh, daily routine to sort of help limit the you know the effects of that. Uh, you know, it's it's only going to help me. So exactly. I mean, no one really can make an entire life change in one day. It's it's all about really just taking those baby steps and. If you are addicted to your phone and you find that you can't or you, you feel like you need to use it right before bed, you know, work towards changing that. But along the way, take take baby steps like blue light glasses. That's awesome. That's an, a very intelligent and smart approach to, to removing that from your life in the long term. So it's funny because when I look at or when I talk to, to people, most of the time when it comes to your personal health, 
People want to talk about either the training regimen they're doing, whether it be weight training or HIIT workout or yoga, Pilates. They're all great. Or, you know, on the other side, a lot of people want to talk about nutrition and, and what they're putting into their body, more importantly, what they're not putting into their body. But I feel like very rarely people want to talk about recovery. And obviously, sleep is the main component of that. So, why do you think there's this disassociation where everyone's like, you got to eat healthy and you got to do this workout and, and you'll get, you know, you'll reach your goals? But no one is ever like, you need to take care of yourself and you need to get the right amount of sleep and you need to do these little things so that when you are working out and when you are eating all these things, you're able to, your body's able to recover and only speed up, you know, your fitness journey. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think it just comes down to we're uneducated. I think that today in society, we're pushing that diet, we're pushing that exercise aspect of life, but we really don't emphasize and we don't hear about the importance of getting high quality sleep. I mean, I know before I started early risers, I had no idea that I was creating all these habits and that my bedroom environment and all these other things were actually affecting the quality of my sleep. And so, you know, even though I was getting eight to 10 hours of sleep a night, sometimes I was still waking up and I was just completely exhausted because I I had these habits of, you know, being on my phone late at night, staying up, watching Netflix, um, having some light in my room, all these other things that were just affecting the quality of my sleep. So kind of going off that, I know you guys offer a course to help people sort of get to that first step and get, you know, their sleep schedule right and their recovery schedule right. And I'd like to just tell me a little bit about it. I I got a chance to look at it and I know it's a nine unit course and some topics that you cover are uh, mindset, habits, you know, your morning and nightly routines, exercise and nutrition plans to help aid and you know ways to maximize the energy that you do have during the day. So just tell me a little bit about the course and why do you think it's important um, for people, not just to like, take the course, but really take control of their sleep schedule. Absolutely, so I think when it comes down to it, people, you know, they, they think about waking up early in the morning and that's all they zone in on. And they think about, okay, I'm, I have this lifestyle that I'm living and I'm just gonna start waking up earlier now. But what this requires to be sustainable in the long term is to live an effective lifestyle in other aspects of your life. And this means having proper nutrition, having proper exercise habits, being able to have that positive mindset, um, you know, just being prepared to have a nighttime routine to wind down every night, being prepared to have a morning routine to kind of prime yourself to have an effective day. And so what we did with the course was we have created and we continue to create just these different aspects of helping to inform you about ways that you can be more effective. So, you know, nighttime routine, learning how to create and formulate a nighttime routine that benefits you the most. Same goes for the morning routine, you know, eating right and healthy. So your your gut. So just a fun fact on the way is uh, 95% of your serotonin horm- or your serotonin is produced in your gut. And, you know, if someone has an unhealthy diet, serotonin has a big part in sleep quality and mental health and all these other things. And if their gut is has all these issues because they're not eating right, it's actually going to affect other parts of their life. So the course, you know, it's it's basically a widespread um, informational tool to kind of help you get a better better understanding of how to live a, a more effective life. So one of the things I found interesting in the early part of it is it was about finding your why and sort of 
mindset training. Can you go a little bit deeper in what you mean by that? And in terms of like how much of this is actually mental um, and, and maybe even emotional and not actually physical? So a huge part of this entire process is about being mental and emotional. Um, finding your why is something that we kind of built early risers off of. And the whole concept is if you aren't, if the actions that you're taking aren't in line with your purpose and aren't in line what you feel like you're on this earth for, there's no, there's going to be no energy behind it. And in the end, most likely you'll fail. So finding your why is really finding that inner driving force. It's learning more about yourself. It's asking yourself questions that you never thought of. It's, it's sitting down and spending time with yourself to get a better understanding of why you tick. And in the end, just finding your why is going to create a better mindset. And to go off that, something else that I just want to talk about real quick for mindset is um, gratitude. Now, gratitude is such a powerful tool, and it's something that I think every one of us should be employing on a daily basis. Um, a good exercise that I do every morning is I just write down three things I'm, I'm grateful for. So if you need help with that, I mean, you can list pretty much anything, but to guide you, you know, you can pick one big thing, something that you think about all the time. So, you know, you're grateful that you have a bed to sleep in every night or you're grateful that you have a house to live in. And then you, the second thing can be a small thing. So you're grateful for, you know, the breeze when you're taking a run, just these simple things that we really take for granted all the time. And then the third thing could be an experience. So a learning experience, something you went through that you became stronger because of, or you learn more about because of, or just something that some experience that you went through that helped you in some way. So gratitude is really just something that has made everything else in my life amazing and I really I really encourage it in everyone's daily routine. Yeah, and I think that's obviously something that people kind of overlook, you know, they get caught up in the hustle and bustle and the rat race of their daily routine and a lot of times and I'm guilty of it as well. You just don't take a step back and be grateful for what's going on around you. And uh, I think that's really important and, and, and it, it makes you feel better at the end. Um, especially, you know, I try to do it every once in a while at night where you get a little meditation routine going. And uh, all of a sudden you just you just feel better. You feel a lot more grateful for everything that's that, you know, all the opportunities that have been given to you and all the people that you've come across uh, in your day and in your life. Exactly. Um, so another thing, and I think this is, in my eyes, the real first hurdle towards getting better sleep and that's breaking the habit of of getting bad sleep so and i know you have a part about breaking bad habits but how does someone break a bad habit because before they start a new habit of getting good sleep 99 times out of 100 they have to break a bad habit first and i think that's really the hardest part is getting out of a routine and not necessarily getting into a new one so what would you tell to someone who's trying to break a bad habit whether it be about sleep or, or really anything so that's a great question. Um, I think the most important part when you are breaking a bad habit is to replace it with a good one. Because you know you can try to remove something from your life, but the only way you're really gonna remove it is if you fill that void with something else. Um, so I actually finished a book a couple weeks ago called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And he talks a lot about the semantics of habits. And he goes into that every habit has a cue, which is something that sets that habit off. It has the routine, which is the habit itself, and then because of that habit, you reap some sort of reward. So whether that reward is a feeling of accomplishment, a hit of dopamine, something, that habit becomes a habit because you have some form of reward out of it. So really understanding what the cue is in your situation, what your actual routine is, and then what reward you gain from it is a great way to kind of figure out what you can make your routine instead 
to kind of reap that same reward and kind of create that same process. So it really, it does take some analyzation. It's not something that you can say, hey, I want to stop eating an unhealthy breakfast. It's really, you got to figure out why am I eating an unhealthy breakfast and what can I replace it with? Gotcha. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I've always found that to be one of the hardest parts. And I think I've started to uh, take a little bit more control of some of my bad habits and and replace them with good ones. But I've noticed just personally that that is one of the harder things to overcome. And then one final thing I want to talk about is, and I found this really interesting, is the stress management portion. Um, I feel like whether it be jobs, your family at home, you know, friends, Whatever is going on in your life, most people manage their stress pretty poorly. And I think it's because they just don't know how. It's not really uh, their fault. It's not like something that gets taught in school like, hey, this is how you're supposed to manage your stress. But stress management has a huge role in not only the way you sleep but just your whole day, You know, your whole mood throughout the day. Uh, so how do people manage their stress? What's like some good tips that they could – integrate in their lives that are simple and easy and don't really take much time but you know have a pretty big difference in the way they kind of go about their day so i think there's i mean there's a ton of answers for this one but again i think it just comes back to gratitude um if you take a situation that stresses you out and you look and you try to find that silver lining in that situation and you focus on that instead of the bad it's really gonna relieve a lot of that stress um another few exercises you know you could do a simple breathing exercise Getting some more oxygen in your blood is really going to reduce that stress. Uh, Incorporating meditation into your daily routine is another great way. It's really just all these small techniques and habits that you want to create that help you focus on the good and be gracious for what you have. And then instead of, you know, focusing on the bad. Yeah. And I think it's it's funny because like the, the, the negative pings of your life. They last a lot longer than the good ones. You know what I mean. You remember them, even if they're a lot smaller. You remember them. You remember them a lot. And a lot of times, they they kind of can ruin your day or or even ruin your hour. I mean, it doesn't matter how long it is. It's the fact that it's impacting your mood, the way you interact with people, um, whether it be stress or some sort of emotional strain. I think it's important to have a good grasp on that. So and, and so other areas of your life aren't affected. So. Absolutely. I I think there's a a good question that you should ask yourself if you're going through stress and it's, can I do something about this? Can I change this? And if the answer is yes, then awesome, go and change it. And if the answer is no, then in reality, there's nothing you can do about it. So why not focus your energy elsewhere instead of stressing out about it? Extreme ownership. So what we're going to do now is we're going to jump into a little bit of a different portion of the podcast, basically. I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions and excited. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. So (laughs) We only got five for you today, but I think they're all pretty relevant. What's the first thing you do in the morning? So the first thing I do is I head to my fridge and I grab a glass of water and I drink it. Um, so water and a- or after a long night of sleep, your body is dehydrated. You know, it's done a lot of repairing and restoring of itself. And drinking that water is really just going to give you that needed boost in the morning. And you're going to feel more awake and alert pretty much immediately. Um, so water is definitely the first thing I do every morning. I know you're a big fan of making your bed too, right? Yes. So I so I do my water, I do my gratitude exercise and a daily affirmation, and then I make my bed. So that's the first part of my morning routine. Yeah, I I, I got to start making my bed. That's something I uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit behind the eight ball on. <laughs> um, so kind of going off that, what's the last thing you do before you go to sleep? 
Last thing is always I will be reading. Um, so part of my nighttime routine and winding down is, you know, I, I do my daily reflection of how the day went, what I could improve on, uh, what I did well. And then I, if I have the time and if it's not too late, I'll roll out and I'll stretch a little bit to kind of help my body. And then I end the night with a book and I'll read a couple chapters. I'll usually read till I get tired and then call it a night. I was actually going to save this question for last, but you kind of let into it. Uh, if you were going to give a book to someone as a gift, what book would that be? I love this question. Um, so I have actually gifted one book in my entire lifetime, I believe, and that is The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Um, and the whole idea behind The Slight Edge is that the small habits that we create that may seem like they're nothing, like even if it's waking up and ha- starting with you know a daily reflection, um, these are the things that over time, if you stay consistent, they compound and they have the biggest effect on your life. So this this book does a great job of kind of explaining how this works and picking up different parts of your life that you can create these habits in. So that's definitely the, uh, the book. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I love book recommendations. It's something that we try to do every week. And I feel like every week I always I hear about a book and I'm just like, oh, wow, I wish, you know, I want to read that one now too. And it, it, the list goes on and on. So that's great. Absolutely. Um, so you're waking up at 530 every day. What are you eating for breakfast to power you through that morning until lunch comes around? So I actually do a form of intermittent fasting. Um, so I actually do not eat breakfast. My first meal is usually around 11 or 12 a.m. Um, so I stop eating around 8 or 9 the night before. And then, you know, due to that fasting choice, I skip out on breakfast, which, you know, I, I know a lot of people hear that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. But it's it's actually your body can use these fasting periods and it's it's not a bad thing if you're skipping breakfast so that is what i do it's a lot of new research out about that type of stuff i've read a bunch and and it seems like it's uh going to be a big trend in t- 2018 yeah um, it seems like it I've I've practiced it a little bit uh, over this past summer, and I actually I, I agree. I I'm not doing it right now, but I thought the effects of it were great, so I, I will definitely back that. And then our final uh, rapid fire question for you is: What's one purchase you made over the last year, let's say, that was under a hundred dollars that you feel that you just hit a home run on? You got great value out of, you know, something that is really easy, easily get, easily able to get. No barriers to entry, but it made a nice impact on your life. I got to say my wake-up light. Um, so this is around like $50, I think, on Amazon. And it's basically an alarm clock that 30 minutes before it goes off, it starts to simulate a sunrise. So whether you wake up from that natural light from the alarm clock itself or you wake up when your alarm goes off, you're opening your eyes to a bright room. And it's really, especially in the winter when it's dark and it's cold out in the morning, it's really a nice thing to be able to wake up and have a fully lit room. All right. That's great. Yeah. So that's a good Christmas present too. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so what's one final tip for everyone you have back at home? This could be about anything, sleep, nutrition, working out. It could be anything you want. What's one final tip or trick that you have? I think when it comes to you know making these choices to make a change in your life and, and start on a different path, I think the most important thing is just to pick one thing. Um, it's, it's not a smart idea to learn all this new information and try to put it on you at one time, you know, fix your exercise routine, your diet, fix your mindset, your lifestyle, all these things. So, I mean, I just recommend just picking one thing that you think will spill over to the most other parts of your life. So create that one healthy keystone habit that is really just going to benefit you in the most amount of other ways. 
So that about wraps it up. Skylar, uh, you know, special thanks for you to coming on. I think this was great. It's something that we haven't had on the podcast before. I think it's something that, you know, going into the new year and people trying to make new year's resolutions, definitely something that they can take with them and use what you have said to kind of integrate it into their life. Um, those of you back at home, it is earlyrisersmovement.com, right? Yep. Okay. And uh, we're, so we're actually doing a special deal for our course just for you guys. Um, if you we have a mini course and then the full course and if you enter the promo code go sweat you're going to be saving um it, the mini course is going to be only two dollars which is just kind of an intro of how to gain that momentum to waking up early and then the full course it will be 45 with that promo code so cool. i wanted to i really appreciated coming out here and doing this um and i wanted to kind of thank you guys in that way great yeah sky it was great having you on again uh early risers movement.com and the gomo and the promo code is go sweat so hope you guys enjoyed it and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks everybody. Hey, thanks everyone. That's it for the sweatcast today. I'm Jack Brady. Hit that like or love button and remember to share this podcast. The sweatcast is every Wednesday at 9am. You can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and CastBox. Remember to keep sweating and see you next week.